Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. Find us and interact with us at the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook. Best way to go interact there. But getting ready for Black Friday, you might as well go ahead and download the HyperClean Store app in your App Store or your Play Store and be ready for Black Friday deals. They're coming, Nick. I know we're all excited. It is the week. It is literally one of the biggest weeks that anybody that is in retail, anybody that's in product, right? This is a week you are steadily diving into, ready to go. So in order to do it, I'm going to dive into some Voodoo Ranger. Have a little cold beer while we talk about this week. Let's do some buy and sell. All right. Buy and sell, Nick. Uh, I'm going to buy. One of the things, uh, got some people in town. Obviously, it's the holidays, but we got in a conversation over the weekend. Who are the people that put all these stickers on their cars? Oh, the bumper sticker people. Wild. Not just a bumper sticker. It's like the, the rear window. And then, like, I love the ones that have the little characters okay, and then right. the dinosaur eating character. Like, it's all kinds of fun stuff. I'm I'm kind of okay with the you know the one on the glass maybe on the back glass could be something cool. I I gotta know who those people are because we had a conversation and and it's like I've been pretty fortunate. My closest friends and family are not bumper stick people, bumper sticker people. But who the hell is it? Like, do you ever do you just think to yourself like I'm never gonna trade this car in? I'm never gonna sell this car. Or the person I sell this car to is gonna want this political bumper sticker on there, or some picture of my family, or like what the hell goes through your head when you're like, you know, it'd look good on my car, some stickers. Like, you, you gotta. And then after you have these conversations, what you realize is when you drive around, that's all you notice. Right. That's all you notice is, is Jesus, this guy's got this sticker and this person's got this sticker and they got 10 stickers. And then there's some cars that have a hundred stickers, man. It's a sticker. People are a wild bunch. I, I, I would, that would make me sick to even try to put it on my car. Uh, the best though, I think, listen, because I'm in the Bible belt, right? Not just the Bible belt. We're in the buckle of the Bible belt. I love, and I think it's hilarious, the ones that, you know, they put out their religious themes on there, and there's one of the fish eating something, and it's like, we all coexist type, but then you see the people driving it, and you're like, hmm. well, I don't think, like, I don't think that he's risen thing goes along with what you're doing up there while you're <laughs> driving. I, I think that's probably a, a used yeah. vehicle, and that sticker never got taken off. Like, those the, to me are the ones that are funny. And the wild thing is, when I when I first got into volume work was my first job in this business. I mean, you took those things off. Now they just seem to let it ride. We're not taking those off. We can't take a risk. It's going to pull the paint off. So we're just going to let that go and mark it down 150 bucks. Yeah. All right, I am buying also this week, and I am buying the World Cup news. <laughs> not the World Cup, right? I mean, it's a big deal for everybody else in the world, uh, but not for us here in the Midwest. We still are football fans, not the one that uh, people do playing soccer. But I'm buying the news of it, right? So I got done watching some football yesterday. 60 Minutes comes on. You see that little pre-clip of what's going to happen on 60 Minutes. Great show for anybody that uh, likes to numb out themselves doing nothing in between football games. It is the show to do nothing and numb yourself out to. It's pointless in a sense, except for when there's a news article about the World Cup. 
and I'm fascinated by the news and the World Cup highlights only. I tried to watch a little bit of the game, one game yesterday, and I just I just can't do it, man. I, yeah. I can't sit through a World Cup game. Like, there's reasons locally in my house I'm supposed to be watching, right? Like, I mean, they love soccer, but I, I can't get into it. But the news yesterday about somebody here locally, I think, or maybe it was down in Texas, that has collected, and they have just a ton. They start showing these amazing cards. It's soccer cards. There's all this memorabilia about the World Cup. It's got everything World Cup, and he's got tons of it. And they go, but the rarity is they go over then to the kitchen table, and they lift up the placemat on the kitchen table, and it's got this whole deck, this whole thing. And they talk about the rarity of these, how much they're worth, all this, right? But he's got it underneath his kitchen table in an apartment. And you just go, oh, hey, all right. Memorabilia folks, are, they got to be sticker guys, right? I mean, they got to be sticker guys. <laughs> hey, these memorabilia people are for real. Like, you know, there's like a. You know, it's it's a pretty nerdy event, but they got like these baseball card conventions and these sports card memorabilia got, places. Did you ever collect baseball cards? I oh, used to yeah. collect when cards. I, when I when I was little, I I mean, when I was young, yeah, I for sure collected baseball cards because we used to get something in the mail called the Beckett, and you had to look up the value every month in the Beckett. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, when you're a kid, there's nothing better than collecting cards, in my opinion, but. It, when I see like a 35 year old, and again, I understand people make money at this, so don't go crazy because I said this here. It's just, doesn't it get boring? It's like, dude, there's so much cooler shit to do than just sit there and collect baseball or football cards or basketball cards. But look, man, there's people, that memorabilia market is a whole different thing, man. And those guys love stats. Oh, like I've it. got a buddy that that's way, and he knows stats about it. every player. He can tell you when they did this, when they did that. Those guys. Yeah. Their mindset, yeah. you're right. They're interesting. Like, dude, get a get a check, will you? <laughs> <laughs> but but to have this all underneath your kitchen table and you can't use the kitchen table because of like it's just wow. I'm I'm definitely buying these the craziness yeah. of the World I Cup and the news and all that. Yeah, I did watch some football games. You watch them. We had some most amazing yesterday. Really great finales. I saw you the know, finish of the uh, Patriots game, but yeah, you know, for those that don't one. know, man, the. Uh, the NFL is just one of my buddies is an NFL referee. So pretty much it's just group chat on my phone of ripping the NFL referees to, to this dude. It's like the best part of the whole thing. Cause I'm not even watching it. I, I can't do the flags. You know, I, I, I used to really love football and then for whatever reason, I just got older and, you know, don't have the time maybe is the reason, but football for me now is, uh, tough to watch man it's a lot of flags and you know can't hit people and this was this this guy tripped this guy it's like dude i'm i'm i, I wish i was more into it but we were just having this conversation with some guys i was around this weekend he was like yeah man for whatever reason the nfl is not my thing anymore and it, it seems to be permeating my friend group of like yeah it's just not the same no but you gotta love patrick mahomes and that finality and what they did i mean sunday night football last night was definitely it's come down to, they've always talked about you score the most of the fourth quarter and the last two minutes, but it's almost come down to like the whole game is revolved around the fourth quarter and the amount that they can randomly do just in two minutes is, is insane. Yeah, but I think my favorite part about Mahomes, homes, listen, anybody 
that goes to in and out. You know this to be true. Waterburger's so much better. And Mahomes is putting 16, I think they said 16 of them, in the Kansas City area. And yes, that was me talking shit because we know Waterburger's better. Mahomes even backs it up. Bringing Waterburger to Kansas City. Gotta love that, dude. Yeah, we had this conversation actually not too distant in the past here. People love these burger joints. Like people out here, some people love in and out. I mean, it's good. You know, it's not like the best thing in the world. What a burger I just had in Houston. I got to tell you, it's good, but let's all calm down. Okay. None of them are that great. None of them are that bad. It's just like, it's okay. It, it's a good burger. Like, what is the whole thing? In and out out here, people are like fanatic. Either if you say anything against In and Out, they're like, what are you talking? I'm like, dude, it's just not that. And <laughs> I got buddies that agree with me. They're like, dude, what the? F it's like a fucking cult. Like, dude, it, I don't care that much. Five Guys has a nice burger, too. Like, I can have burgers from any of those joints. But Mahomes, love it. Keep rolling, Mahomes. You're, you're fighting for the W. First of, all, you, first of all, you don't even go You don't even go to Kansas City. Uh. And I go to Waterburger, like, once a year, like, if I'm lucky. Exactly. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? I just love talking shit to the In-N-Out people. Yeah. Uh, here's what's been it. fun coming That's into the hyper... One lady owns in and out one, one woman. Yeah. I wish I owned in and out just one person. That's, that's a gig right there. Agreed. Uh, one, a couple of cool things coming out of the hyper clean specialist group is, and that's listen, the, the don't sleep part is definitely what's definitely popping. So many people coming into the group, many new users of hyper clean ceramic coatings, and they're constantly saying, don't sleep, don't sleep. Oh, I can't believe I slept on these coatings. Ah, oh, don't sleep. So a couple of them that are fun to see. Quentin, first time using Trey uh, just uh, recently, a couple of days ago. And, man, that car looks looks awesome. The gloss is incredible. The customer was happy, and that's what <laughs> – the install went great, and then the customer's happy is what's so important. Nate talking trash to Dustin Stanley about Dodge trucks, and uh, we got to love that. But says, again, don't sleep. First time to use it. The customer loved it. He loves it. Don't sleep on Uno. So we did have a question inside of the group coming from Mark. Uh, says it's a newbie question. It's all good. We love these questions. How do I remove Uno if I miss a spot, a.k.a. high spot next day he sees it? So he says, I coded my car yesterday, and I see it on a few spots. Guess he didn't level it properly. He knows. He gets it. Uh, what do I need to do to get it removed? This can go a couple different ways. I like to do the first part is, you know, polish onto a microfiber applicator. And I like to try and just finger it. Yeah. <laughs> we all, but you know, sometimes you got to get a little bit more aggressive. So walk us through, you know, you see a high spot, you're, you know, you, I think you started the same way and then walk us through the journey of getting that off. If it doesn't come off with just the first well, go this, at it, this is the beauty of coatings now and why we kind of always hammer home to be up to date in the real technology of ceramic. When we used to get high spots, first time I was using coatings, you'd have to sand the whole door. You got one high spot on the door. You'd have to sand it. You're in a much better place. So you have the right idea. You could take uh, if you have a one or three inch polisher after you try the uh, polish on a microfiber applicator or towel is fine. Uh, one of the things that, that I want to, you know, kind of tell people here is to think of it logically, least aggressive to most aggressive, but you have to use something with some bite. 
I actually had a couple phone calls about this in the past where people are trying to use some kind of like really, you know, cleaner wax type, use a polish that has some abrasive in it, you know, on your towel first, then, you know, go to a, a polishing pad and, uh, you know, uh, the same polish. And that usually should get something like Uno out. Uno is not built to last three to five years. It, it's, it's an easy application. Uh, you know, we regularly see people get 18 to 24 months out of it, but remember, you don't have to get super aggressive to get that off. That's the beauty of a one-year coating. And again, we didn't always have this technology, right? It was always just five plus year coatings when I started. So the good thing is should be super easy to remove. If you feel like, and I used to love this. If you feel like you removed it all the way down to the paint, you know, what you can do is you can take Uno over that spot after you use a little wipe on it go over that spot and whatever, wherever there's coating will get rejected and wherever there's not, it'll get accepted. I used to love when people would tell me, Oh, well, if you, if you put that on, it's just going to get rejected. I said, so walk me through this. If there's paint, naked paint on this part, and then there's coating over here, the naked paint part, because there's coating on the right side, instead of where it's at, that's just going to all get rejected. How does that work? Uh, uh, well, what we're just saying, no, no, no. You never thought it out. You never actually applied any. So just use your head that it, once you do those areas, take a little swipe of the area, clean it up, throw a little Uno on your applicator, put it on real quick, let it flash, wipe it off. You're not going to magically have it not bond to the paint. It will just not bond where there's actual coating already cured or curing. So that that is a simplistic way of viewing it. Wow, very. All right. One of the things you're uh, pretty dominant about and have, you said you've been doing it for years and years and years in your business, is when we apply hyperclean ceramics to a plastic bumper, uh, or Ryan uh, here inside of the group put it into a steel bumper. Yeah. But we're talking about the self leveling attributes of hyperclean ceramics. Walk us through when you're going to put on ceramic onto a plastic bumper first of all do you put it on every plastic bumper is that an upsell how do you i usually always just put it on paint and then let the customers know like listen we, we can put it on the bumper but what i walk us through what you do because i'm so a little is, bit different in that it, it's a great you know you got to set your business up with this stuff one of two ways either it's included and you price it accordingly or you add it as an add-on both are, are good. Both are right. You know, you can make money both ways. We typically, if I see black porous trim, let's just call it the wheel arches of, or excuse me, the, uh, the, 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 the fender guards on a Bronco as an example. Okay. Those are all plastic on all four wheels. Uh, they're right next to the paint. If I don't protect them and they start to wear, that's why I've always just included it. We price it accordingly because we know the time it's going to take. So all of our coating jobs are priced with doing the plastic trim, the, the, the porous trim. Uh, but what I would do honestly is, is include it and have it in my price because then there's no, no issues, right? I don't want to do the upsell thing. I just rather say, Hey, we coat everything. We coat your trim, we coat your paint. Everything's going to look great. It makes you I don't know, look more competent in a lot of ways. You're not trying to upsell trim package, but there's a lot of guys that have success with that. So 
you know, in this instance, he had a, a bumper that had a porous coating on it. Um, usually is what happens is a steel bumper coated with like, you know, almost the same thing as any plastic out of the factory. And the question was, what do I do? I, I think you need to look at trim different than paint. And this is where so many people, I think, get confused. If your hood has, and I'm just using fake numbers here for the illustration, 500 pores in the paint, you got to look at trim has 5,000 or 10,000 pores just in a piece of trim. And so now you can see what you're really trying to do is fill those pores up with quality coating, which will add a protective layer uh, to, to the piece of trim. And that's the way I've always looked at it. And that's how I always, you know, explain it to people. And then from there, you can really see that you don't have to level it at all. Basically, if I had that Bronco and it had trim all the way around, I would actually put coating on all the trim and then come back and look at what happened. And most of the time, I don't have to wipe. Most of the time, I don't have to level. Most of the time, I don't have to. Maybe I have a tiny spot here and there I'm worried about. But even that, I'll leave and hopefully it'll self-level. Okay. Well, for those people that don't know, hey, it is turkey leg week, right? Oh, yeah. For those of us that love to eat turkey, I don't know if that's you, but we do all have some type of family tradition. And yes, that is similar to your favorite frat song when you were back in the day, right? Like <laughs> every frat boy knows that song. There's no oh, doubt yeah. about it. They have it memorized. What are some of those family traditions? Because I'm really curious, Nick, because I don't know of anybody that still watches the parade. That yeah, was the worst family tradition that we had. And I was forced to always watch the parade yeah, come that. in. Horrific. You gotta, yeah, you got to kill that tradition. That's horrific. That's not it was passionate. brutal. It was brutal. So what are you cooking? You know, what are, what are you doing for, you know, do you have a thing that you guys do? You know, you got a, yeah, another one so on the way. You got actually, one ready. What yeah, do you guys we actually do? had a, uh, a tradition for like the last 10 years uh, where we went out to eat um on on thanksgiving and on christmas uh, you know i'm not a big fan of turkey actually i don't like turkey let me be clear i'm not eating turkey uh is it the dryness what's is it a no flavor flightless bird i i, I don't yeah. know why people like it i i and look i've everybody always says this one thing i gotta tell you is we got our best friends that we go out you know jess and i'll go out with as a couple whatever they're, they're executive chefs on the strip. It's not like they're boneheads in the kitchen. These people get paid a lot of money to run like big ass restaurants on the strip. They don't even like Turkey. They they're like, you got to do so much to doctor up a Turkey. And so you got to inject it. You got to deep fry it. You got to do that. And everybody always tells you, you haven't had my Turkey. It's like, no, we've had them. Trust me. I just don't like it. It's okay to not like something. Uh, so no, we don't do Turkey, but our, we did have a great tradition, but now with a little one, we're actually just ordering the meal. I think it's crazy not to do that. Um, but we're going to do ham. You know, I, I actually like ham. I know it's a Christmas thing, but I wouldn't eat Turkey if we ordered it. Uh, we have done things like, you know, Cornish game hen or something like that, you know, duck at Christmas or whatever, but we just ordered a meal, uh, We'll maybe make some side dishes that we want to try, you know, that, you know, she found on social media, I'm sure. And we'll eat it and be like, this isn't very good. Um, 
but yeah, like I, I, we don't have the tradition of cooking anymore, even though we cook a lot at my house. I just never have enjoyed a lot of Thanksgiving food. I, I like a couple side dishes, but you know, everybody's heard the line. If this food was good, you'd eat it all year. And the fact that you eat it once a year kind of tells you how good it is. We do have some family traditions. My oldest daughter took the recipe down from my dad uh, out of Mississippi. It comes a pumpkin pie recipe, handmade, really good. She's going to attempt that again. We do some desserts and stuff like that. We have traditionally always been non-traditional, though. I'm like you. My dad was like you. Most everybody in our family is like you. We never eat turkey. Now, I'll eat a turkey sandwich, you know, I'll, I'll get a sub that has turkey on it or something that way, but just getting a bird and trying to cook it and like, nah, I, you know how much stress goes into that? Like oh, the amount of, no. right? What <laughs> could you imagine? Was it Christmas vacation or whatever, right? Where he yeah. pops in there, like how many people have lost their marriage, lost their family, like lost their house, lost their house, world blows up because they messed up. The I mean, meal, the the, right? the, tur- the turkey deep frying videos that you're going to see yeah. every year. Best. Some Best. idiot takes a frozen turkey and sticks it in a deep fryer. His whole house catches on fire, and it's like, my guy, just order a meal. Like at the end of the day, by the way, we've done the math. Just goof off. Ordering a meal is cheaper than when you make it because you got to buy all this other shit you don't normally have, and it's like you use one pinch of this, and then it, you know, you spent twenty dollars on this thing. I mean, it, it's wild. Like so. I'm more of, so our theory was, I want to enjoy the holidays. And like you said, the stress of having to cook all that, I don't know anybody who really, I mean, you know, one thing that is really strange is if you never had a true like Italian holiday, it's like a hundred course meal and they, they just have pasta and antipasta and this, by the time you get to the end, usually it's around Christmas, which is my, I mean, it, dude, you couldn't eat anything. Like you'd get to the main course and you'd be like, I'm full. This is like the 10th thing we've had to eat. So yeah, we just kind of like you guys, man, non-traditional, but I want to enjoy the holidays has been exactly why we do it our way, which is we, we, we actually do enjoy it more. You get to actually spend time. You're not worried about the meals, et cetera. So I've done ham like you, but I don't smoke a lot of barbecue anymore. And so it only comes out now on the holidays when it's heavily requested. So I'm smoking some baby back ribs. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to yeah, do pig. I, we're going to do. Yeah. Pig I think also. it's, I think it's, uh, a better way. And for all those that haven't tried it, I know you might be freaking out. You should try it because if you tried it on Thanksgiving or Christmas, I'm telling you, it's way more enjoy. We used to go to a steakhouse on Christmas and then you, I wasn't trying to cheap out. I wasn't trying to get out of it. It's like, Hey, let's just spend the money. Listen, Brandon in South Carolina right now is cussing you. Like, why can't believe it. Oh, there's just so many, like so many people that just, that's tradition though. Right. Like that's what's oh, the yeah, joke cool. about family tradition. Like it's the tradition. I, we, our tradition just happened to be completely different. Like, yeah, no, if you don't make my, a Turkey and if you don't do this, like, well, now, just so you know, my family never did it my way. I did it my way. I saw all the suffering and your mom worried and your, you know, your grandmother worried and, so, you know, when I started my own family, I'm like, Hey, we're not doing this. We're not, we're going to do it more chill and actually yeah. enjoy hanging out with one another. And we can buy enough, you know, it's just like, I'm more about the enjoyment of it and not having the stress. Cause the stress to me, it's like, then why do it? That's kind of was my theory. I might as well just go to work. 
<laughs> Almost like the stress trying to get ready to go to church. You remember those days? God oh, damn, that yeah. was Hell fucking yeah, brutal. Like, that was Hell brutal. Yeah. All right, so what we really are curious, and this is the fun part, is the other day you called me. I was leaving the warehouse. Didn't have anything that could heat up my truck before time unless I went out there and did it myself manually, but I didn't do it. And it got brutally cold, right? Like a little cold front's gone through the Midwest. I know people in the, the Northeast just got hit with some massive snow. Everybody's getting a little bit colder than normal. You're wearing a hoodie. That's incredible. Didn't know people in Vegas had long sleeve shirts. Hey it's, you know? hey, it's cold here. It's cold. So, you know, uh, you asked, how come I didn't get it? Started with a remote start. I'm in an 08. And, <laughs> and you go, hey, it's all good, man. I'm driving an 03 home, right? Yeah. So we uh, <laughs> we seem to have a little bit of like for keeping a vehicle over a longer period of time. What's something that you wish you had in that 03 that you don't have, but you have now? For me, my 08, what I love, it's a, I love it. It's a great truck. God damn, I sure wish I could hit that cruise control button when I'm on the highway and it does the the lane differential oh, and then it does right, the radar, reads the vehicle cruise. up in front, you know. I, no, 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 no. Half the time on some of those older vehicles, your cruise control doesn't even work. So yeah. just happy when it does work. And then if it doesn't work, or when it does, I'm like, man, I, I sure could go for some of that lane assist and the cruise control assist. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, one of the things I wish I had, it's not just Bluetooth, and I could fix this. I just don't uh, because I, you know, I can wire up a stereo. As you know, I, I did some work to my BMW and wired up through the stereo. I just have never bought a unit for that specific Dodge. And so everybody knows, I've actually shared this Dodge on stories before. This was the original truck that got my business started. So it was an 03 Dodge Ram still has a tank in the back still it's our it's our replacement yeah it's it's got our uh replacement if guy's truck goes down they can get into my you know my truck and whatever but the bumper is banged up and actually we're you know still in a fight over a five mile an hour you know fender bender uh the 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 bumper's bent up because of one of my guys you know rear-ended somebody on accident obviously and i wish i would have had like xm bluetooth i should have done it years ago but now it's just like this thing is just kind of a. it honestly is a, is a perfect shop truck right that's what it really is now i drive it around because i don't want to put miles on my own personal stuff but at the end of the day man we put a lot of money in to keep this thing on the road when you start to do the cost of buying a new one this thing runs like a champ i i you know it doesn't have taillights i don't think uh, because the electrical and dodges is such a nightmare, but, uh, look, man, I just keep them and I could upgrade the Bluetooth and the stereo. I just haven't done it. So that, that's what I wish I would have done, but now I'm just doing it out of stubbornness. Yeah. I'm with you. There's so there's some of the things though, over the years, I guess Dodge still hasn't fixed their electrical problems or apparently according to Dustin, haven't fixed their transmission problems, but manufacturers do begin to fix some problems over decades gmc still has yet but i did see there's the new gmc maybe it's been released months ago i don't know but i saw it on a commercial yesterday the new gmc denali electric oh, I know. I, and i just go questions i'm getting on this i go please tell me you fixed the paint problem if you fix the gas problem 
please tell me you fixed mm. the paint problem, right? So manufacturers do fix some things over the years. All right, what are something that you're thankful for that a manufacturer has fixed over the years? For me, right, I'm going power steering. <laughs> <laughs> how old now, is this there's dude? so many people that go you know wait he's 150 what? years old yeah exactly right <laughs> but <laughs> but if you've never driven a car without power steering you know the struggles and my first car was a chevy s10 oh, great yeah. for a low rider at that point i had a great things it was cool if you did certain things with it overall it was still a chevy s10 not so great the worst part of it, though, was getting into parking lots, moving around. Like, I'm literally, you're grabbing the wheel, yanking yeah. it as you go. And it was standard. So I'm popping the clutch. I'm working the clutch. And I'm trying to pull this steering wheel. And literally, great for the forearm workouts. <laughs> I was playing baseball. They wondered why I was such, you know, I, I had great <laughs> forearms, man. I think great they thought it was from something else, I think. Well, you know, um, I, I'm going with the truck. I'm going with the I, truck. I would say this. One of the things that's underrated about cars, like most cars now, and we're not going to get into GM's electrical or electric car issues, but uh, reliability. You know, when you and I first got cars, Honda was Honda and Toyota were the only reliable ones. I mean, you could get a car with very few miles on it, and it wouldn't be as reliable as it is today. I mean, cars are super reliable. Getting a car to 250,000 miles today is, you know, pretty much standard. You can't, you know, I know we don't all keep them that long, but most engines run to 250 plus thousand miles with very little just normal maintenance. You're not having to rebuild the engine. That was the biggest advancement in my life with cars is, you know, you went from the late 90s where, you remember those old Toyota pickup trucks that would just rust out? Uh, you know, those, 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 were, ones, little yeah, those were super popular. But at the end of the day, reliability, you know, I mean, it, cars were not that reliable when I first started driving. You always had little issues. And now cars are pretty damn reliable. And that's the biggest change in the car world. Now, with electric, you're probably going to see a big growth problem here where <laughs> things get pretty unreliable pretty quick. Well, all right. So <clears throat> given that it's Thanksgiving week, heavy, one of the heaviest road trip weeks, everybody's going out, seeing people, everybody's out traveling, something that we should all keep around. I Listen, I saw yesterday leaving Target, uh, had to go get some chicken wings because that's what we were smoking and cooking last night and uh, grabbed a couple of things. And I walk out and there's somebody that left their interior light on, right? There's there's always something that happens when you're on a road trip. There's always something that's going to go wrong. I've had things go wrong where I've shared it before. My, I had a Suzuki Samurai. I'm driving. I'm coming back. Yeah, I had one of those. They're yeah. great. Well, great. Yeah. For like a, a tin can on wheels yeah. with the gerbil inside. Yeah. Like yep. zero hey, to 60 those... and 10.8. You know, yeah. it's, no, it was great. But great. it got stuck in fifth gear. Oh, that's, and that's I'm tough in a, to get it, out. That's tough. It's to get a standard, out. standard. Mm -hmm. So having to drive through a bunch of small towns, making a journey was very, very interesting. The amount you had to rev that engine and pump that that clutch. Yeah. So you know, there's always stuff that can go wrong. 
uh, jumper cables, this or that, you know, anything that you kind of always keep around so that you make sure that if, if something goes wrong, you're good to go. Or is it just triple a on, on, on straight, you know, speed dial. Uh, what I keep, if I'm in a town that I know is I always make sure I have a couple good tow truck buddies that I stay tight with. That's probably my number one move. If I'm out, you know, on a road trip, you know, obviously you want to make sure you have the the standard stuff. You could at least change a tire if it went flat or something like that. But I think now it's, it's, again, you go back to reliability. Most of us think we think we could drive our modern cars across the country and, and you used to get like oil changes and do all these things before you went on a long road trip. Many people don't even do that kind of stuff. Now, very few people clean up their cars. My number one necessity for a road trip is I got to get into a clean vehicle period in the story. I'm not doing all that. I, I'm not, I, I got to start the road trip on the right foot or otherwise I'm just not going to be, be real thrilled. And that's where I hope you were going, Nick. That's I really hoped you were going there because uh -huh. that's what I wanted to ask. Right. So road trips are also brutal on the exterior get it washed up a little foam yeah. wash or if it's real bad and you're in one of these parts that's got a lot of salt and sand you know salt and and and, and snow grab some cleanse and make sure you get it full purified outside cool inside so many on the road trips we're stopping through someplace there's a spill or it's just getting in and out of the car so many things going on I, i'm gonna go revive and a scrub monster right that, or revive and, and workaholic, you know, something like that to where you can spray, get whatever spilled, get a quick cleanup on it. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Yeah. A simple kit. You know, I, I kind of keep it depending on the car we're driving. I keep it in the driver door, you know, a couple bottles, you know, bottle of eco one mixed up, you know, bottle of revive, a couple towels, workaholic versatile, you know, if something goes wrong, but I'm also real big on if I, if, if for whatever reason I look down and my driver mat has picked up some stuff from the road trip, I just take the driver mat and shake it out. I can't stand like unnecessarily, you know, putting my feet on a dirty mat on a road trip. It's like, I, I'll give it a little shake at the gas station. Like I'm, I'm just, there's something about driving around a clean car that I'm actually addicted to. And when I can't, I just don't enjoy it as much. All right. So a lot of these have been thankful for things, right? What's the one thing you're not thankful for inside of detailing, right? In a sense, like, what is it that you've always kind of, when you go and you're, you're working the detail, what's that thing on the last part of your, your scope of least favorite things to do? Maybe it's wheel cleaning, fender cleaning, door jams. For me, was always glass cleaning. Always just was the part. It's towards the end of it and really is one of the very finale parts of the detail but it can make or break. And a lot of times breaks the detail, whether it was inside the car wash that I had, whether it's mobile detail, whether it's shop day, like whatever, the number one complaint that any customer would ever have was the glass. And for me, it was always the most anxiety point. You never knew what was going to happen based on what type of glass, maybe what they did, what, you know, it's always curious until... And I was, I think I was talking to you the other day and I was, I was getting ready to finish out a vehicle and I, I go, man, Nick, I used to be really anxious about this part, but using our glass cleaner and the perfect glass towel, it's actually landing accounts for distributors. We've had distributors that have messaged in like, yeah. listen, it's glass cleaner is going so great for them. They're landing whole accounts 
solely on how great glass cleaner is. The HyperClean glass cleaner has resolved all my stress. I actually thoroughly enjoy glass cleaning now. I'm going, wow, this is so easy. So what for you is that low wrong thing you're actually not thankful for? This is the counter. Barrel of rims. It's easy. Barrel, Barrel rims. rims. Okay, get it. Because it's like glass to me. If you have a really clean rim face and then somebody catches the sunlight or maybe they have, um, you know, rims that you can see really into the barrel pretty easily you know some i got a navigator in the shop right now you can't see into the barrel for the life of you because the way the wheels are but sometimes you have you know five spoke rims or whatever uh you know getting that last little bit makes the detail right so reaching your hand in there scraping it on the rotor or carbon ceramics i don't know i've always been really picky about rims as a whole because, and my guys will tell you this, like, I know it's one thing that I personally look at. The way to identify whether my personal vehicle is actually detailed is when I can look at the, the barrel and go, it's in good shape. I don't care about the face. So it's like just been a hot button issue for whatever reason. And you and I kind of grew up in an era where five spoke rims got big, right? Where you could really see into the barrel of the rim. So that that kind of shaped everything, but yeah, I can't stand, you know, Fuego, TRX, good wheel brushes. I mean, a lot of times it's not a worry, but on a really, really good detail and you kind of back the car up and you go, oh, fuck. I got to reach in there. You know, you catch it at a certain light, you're doing your final checks. I'm really picky about the barrel of rims, so that would probably be the one. If I could do away with, that'd be, now that I have, a, I mean, I have a lift in my shop the whole time. If I can just take the wheels off, I'm voting for that. Like my personal vehicles, when I detail my BMW, I just take the rims off real quick and I don't have to worry about it. Let's go ahead and put a sub note with a asterisk right there. Personal vehicle. We don't always recommend detailers start taking oh, stuff yeah. off of a car. Yeah. You better have the insurance for that. We do. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't actively tell people to take off rims unless you yeah. get the insurance for it. All right. So something that you find funny. Right? Like you're thankful for it because it <laughs> makes you laugh, right? Yeah. Something oh, in the industry on, that makes you laugh. For me, I'm going with the different videos that have come out of SEMA. And in particularly, I'm laughing at a guy and they're at this booth. They're talking about how great they are. And he's putting this out on social media, right? This is how I'm seeing this. And he's going back and forth with a couple guys there on this hood. And it's about how little you need to do and then put on a ceramic coating. I go, great. I'm, I'm intrigued because that's something we've not little, but we've actually kind of tried to define how much needs to go before you apply protection, right? It goes into the whole talk about how much correction, then there's enhancement. You need one set, right? Like, yeah. can you just apply? protection onto a paint after it's been properly washed and deconned. So they're going around and this is what the purpose of this whole video was. But then the guy on his page where customers are going to see, because I'm sure that he's interacted with customers and people have interacted with him and they're following him on social media is bragging about how little he does and then puts on a coating. And I just go, and it's bragging about how much he charges too. 
right? Wearing his fancy stuff, wearing, you know, right? Showing how great he is, bragging about how much he's making and doing so little. And I just go, I mean, that's fucking hilarious that you would put yourself in this light, but then brag about how little work you actually do to get money. And then you're putting it out where customers or prospects are going to see it. The ironically and laughable part about how that goes on in our industry. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's insane. I mean, I don't think, do you think any of it's a little bit of work? I mean, look, I, my guys are on vacation all week. I give them the week of Thanksgiving off and, uh, you know, paid. Uh, so my whole team is off. I'm in the shop by myself and we had a customer that needs to drop a navigator off and get a, get a coding applied. Even if you just do proper cleanup of the rims and tires, fenders, running boards on this particular car. You do cleanse thoroughly, rinse and 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 hand wash it. Then go and, and if the car needs deconned um, mechanically with a clay bar, clay mitt. You know, use fuego on the decontamination as well chemically. Then you pull it in. You dress the tires perfectly. You maybe go around the vehicle with some wipe get it prepped even more for a one year and do uno. Is that a little bit of work? I mean, I know I'm old, but I've laid a lot of film this year. I've still done my share of polishing here and there shared some restoration. Pro- I don't think it's a little bit of work. If you do all these steps properly, right? So even for a, let's just say for most people, a, a 299 to 599 package, should it be a little bit of work? Cause I don't feel that it's a little bit of work. My guys don't feel they like the work, meaning that's enjoyable to them, but nobody feels like it's no work. And I think that's the hilarity listening to you tell me the story. Cause I don't even know what video you're referencing. I'm going, I don't think doing things properly step by step by step is even a little bit of work. Do you? And I don't think telling people on a global platform that maybe a customer might be watching what you put out should be discussed on a global platform. Like that to me was the, wait, what? Like, you're right. It it isn't a little work, but then anyway, that to me was what I found. And that seems to be a thing, right? It's a, it's a thing that detailers like to do. We like to use social media to, should be right. We should express our opinions. That's what social media is there for. But the difference of your own personal opinion and your business opinion, when you're trying to use social media to grab customers and then to tell customers how little you do on their car and charge them so much, I just go. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll share my funny one. And it actually has been happening for a few weeks now, but, but really kind of culminated in, in this weekend there's a guy that's detailing very close to where I grew up and I grew up in a small town in Ohio. And and so when I watch this guy, he's a younger guy. I don't know. I just know where he's at. I know why his building looks the way that it does. You know, I know that rural part of Ohio. And and so honestly, maybe it's just like, I kind of got my career started in a smaller town. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, I just kind of, for it, his content comes up and I'm like, ah, He's a guy that cares. 
you know, he seems to do a good job. He's got a lot of clients for a very, very small town area, but he, he carries what he calls an exclusive coding brand, which they think they're exclusive. Their users think they're exclusive. Great. Um, I got no problem with it. <laughs> he goes, Oh, we got this vehicle in. And this is kind of the thing I'm saying this more, not towards him, but towards our industry that sometimes we got to hear what we're saying because this guy didn't make this up, right? The coding brand told him that this was the coding he was putting on a car because he's just not the kind of guy to come up with this. He goes, we're cleaning up this car for a customer and this is our three to 10 year coding. And I'm like, <laughs> hit rewind. I'm like, what? what did he just say? This is our three to 10 year coding. And I rewind it again. And I'm like, no way. That's what I'm hearing. So I, I bring Jess in. I'm like, I'm not mishearing this, right? She goes, why are you so? I said, because this is so hilarious. Now, this is in the same breath, IR lamps and cure everything from, from here to there as if things don't cure naturally when it comes to coatings. And I just go, this is one of those times I'm not saying it as judgment. I'm saying it as we've all been guilty of it. When you don't listen to the words coming out of your mouth, and you and I have done a ton of podcasts, so we've gotten off podcasts and go, I can't believe I said that that way. I can't believe I did this. Or, But, you know, if you say it to a customer, hey, this could last 36 months or 120 months. We're not really sure. So whenever it fails, I'll let you know. And I just start running these scenarios through my head of, how did you get sold on this idea at all? Because wouldn't your first question be, so what do I tell the customer? I mean, it's the amount of layers you sell, right? Three to 10 years, right? The amount of layers. But I, I, you know, and again, I like watching this guy's content. It's not actually, I'm not saying this, like, it's just a funny, yeah. I don't think he stepped back and goes, this sounds ridiculous. I should have maybe questioned the coding manufacturer and said, what do I actually say here? Because if I tell somebody this could last three years or 10 years, they're going to look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. But like you said, there also is this cool thing happening in the world. And if you can have a laugh about it, you should, which is people are turning their phone around and making hilarious content constantly. And that's what I think people miss about you and I. A lot of the stuff we share behind the scenes, you and I on the phone are laughing about it. We're not like dead serious, like, oh, this is going to screw up the industry because this guy said this on this TikTok page. We're actually just laughing about it. But I thought it was funny. It was like, yeah, man, I mean, I don't even know how I would sell that to a customer. It could fail between three and 10 years. I'll let you know when it fails. Like, what the, what the hell would go through your brain to, to, to even put that in the, in the world? And remember, there's no way he came up with it somebody told him at that coding company, this is the reality of this coding. And I find that kind of funny. And, and like I said, I'll still watch the guy's content. He's a young guy. He's in a really small town. I, I like what he's doing. It was just kind of a funny moment. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty thankful that people can turn their phone around because it's better than TV. That's the other thing. Watching on your phone the shit that people, I mean, I don't care if it's a kid falling down, you know, in the, in the uh, yard or getting hit with a soccer ball. Like the fact that so much can happen on a phone now, I, I love it. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And listen, whether it's we think both the guys meant the best, right? Like the guy on the hood, that guy, like they meant the best, which is great. It's just really you put that out on social media. Like, did you not think through, like you said, did you not think through what you said? Did you not think through that maybe somebody else would be watching that? Like, it's just funny, you know. All right, hey, fun episode. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. I think it's the greatest thing. I mean, that's why we need to not be mad about it. We need to laugh about it, but we also need to talk about it. So one thing, you know, I am not so thankful for, we should talk about here back and forth. I'm sorry to not end the episode for everybody. People are allowed to have opinions. You should celebrate that. Like you should celebrate people that speak out in a thoughtful way. And whether you agree or disagree, let's all maybe be thankful that people actually say what is going on at maybe a SEMA show or something like that. I, I do think we have a problem in our industry where everybody wants you to agree with them. You cannot agree with me on anything. I don't, you're right. I mean, Marty, we don't, we don't talk that way personally. It's like, if they disagree, they disagree. It's all good. They're allowed to have an opinion, but that's one thing we got to do better is like I said, this guy can say whatever he wants. I can have a laugh about it, or I can agree with it, or I can hate it, but I don't have to get mad about it. I don't have to email him. I don't have to text them. I don't have to get pissed off about it. And that's why when we talk about it this way, I'm glad we did. It's fun to consume content. Doesn't mean you have to believe everything. Doesn't mean you have to do everything. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. I think that's the important part of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great point. I'm glad you mentioned that at the end, because I'm sure you've gotten quite a bit of feedback from the episodes that you've been putting out recently and especially uh, certain episodes. So. Oh yeah. They don't like statistics. I mean, they're not big on how many people attended something. So we, we, <laughs> we got a lot of people struggling in math class in this industry for sure. But they don't struggle with that at info at hyperclean <laughs> listen you got an issue info at hypercleanstore.com. Yeah. or let me tell you why you don't know what you're talking about i'm like oh okay cool great <laughs> so, nick have a great thanksgiving uh you your too, your meal will come in we're fingers crossed those yep. people their stress level they know how to handle it you're gonna get a great meal yeah. for everybody else that's cooking we wish you the best on your meals and having a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your car life. Maybe get something cleaned up. Enjoy your car as you're driving around. We wish you all a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanks for everything. Nick, see you next week, man. All right.